Front Five Football Podcast. Covering all things offensive line. Tackles. Guards. Centers. Your hosts, Audrey Mallows and Colton Cull. Join us as we dive in the trenches of the NFL. Hello and welcome to this Super Bowl episode of the Front 5 Football Podcast. Bringing in now Colton Cole. How are you doing, Colton? Doing well, Audrey. Excited to uh, wrap up the season and talk about a really good game in that Super Bowl. And how are you doing, buddy? Doing fantastic, thank you. What a great game it was. What a great way to end the season. And for this episode, we're going to do straight through, no adverts, just myself and Colton talking about the Super Bowl and then wrapping up maybe with some uh, highlights or review of the season that we've just had as our first season of the Front 5 football podcast with all things offensive line. And we're going to start with Colton and the Eagles O-line from the Super Bowl. Over to you, sir. Thank you, Audrey. Yes, very... uh good play from the offensive line standpoint uh, did have a couple sacks uh, that were just for a couple yards but overall offensive line from my vantage point played really really well and you know they were 11 of 18 on third down two of two on fourth down which are awesome uh, numbers there percentages time of possession 30 almost 36 minutes uh, but 115 yards rushing and 300 yards passing 304 yards passing if I was to say one one area is the lack of rushing production. Um, I think the season they were a little bit more dominant with the run. Obviously, a Super Bowl would bring a lot more at you. So I, I really don't look at you know the Super Bowl years of, of where those numbers rank up. But um, just a little over three yards a carry, I believe, on the on the running. Um, but pressure wise, I, I mentioned the two sacks. Kansas City brought a lot of blitz. Uh, Fifteen blitzes. And that hurried their quarterback five times and then quarterback was hit twice. So, uh, on total dropbacks, pressure was, was 21%. And I know we've, we've kind of started referencing that and, and, uh, that's, that's decent. It's a, it's a pretty good, it's kind of average from what my opinion is, you know, one in five dropbacks is pressure. So, um, I, I think that was less than what the pressure or actually, yeah, less than what the pressure from the Eagles given to Kansas City's offense. So, um, did fairly well there. It's not like there was anything that, you know, the offensive line dropped the ball and that's why, you know, they were right in that game and they very dominant in the first half. But uh, overall, uh, that offensive line played well. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to run through some of the uh, players, you know, same offense that we had that, that uh, the Eagles had from the week before, uh, as far as the offensive line, Lane Johnson, just watching the game, man, he's a beast. Uh, love Lane Johnson there at guard. Uh, but uh, just a stacked offensive line. Kelsey, obviously, uh, brother playing for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs as well. But uh, I don't know what what your uh, you know thoughts are. I think the Eagles' offense did, from the offensive line standpoint, they put their team in position to to win games, and probably a few other plays go their way, and, and they do win that game. I think it's funny that you uh, the way you phrased one of your comments there. You said that the O-line didn't drop the ball, <laughs> but we all know their quarterback did. <laughs> 
yeah, it wasn't That's even right. a forced fumble either. It was very much a, ah, no, get away from me, and forgetting that dropping the ball actually gives the other side an opportunity to do something with it. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe yep. that went down as, as one of the sacks as well. Um, yeah, the fumble by the, the Eagles quarterback in the, the first half there, leading to the equaling score because it was picked up and scooped and, and run back by the Kansas City defense at a point in the game when the Eagles and particularly their O-line were really, really dominating the Chiefs. Um, I thought in the first half, I thought the Kansas O-line played okay, but I think in the second half, they kind of turned it up a notch. Same with the coaching. I think, um, again, Kansas City had the, the same starters and I think we've got to give a lot of credit to their center, Creed Humphrey. He's uh, one of their younger players on that O-line as well. Really kind of held the O-line together well, getting them 158 rush yards. Yeah, four of eight, so 50% on third down. Um, I know you mentioned the pressure as well that the Eagles gave up. The Chiefs only gave up 23.3% of pressure. Um, as you, I think it's fair to say that that probably is about an average stat with everything we've seen over the last few weeks when we've been monitoring that. The only time I've seen it even worse than that was I think there was about, um, there was a game a few weeks ago where the pressure was up in like the 30% mark, <laughs> which was just crazy. Um, but yeah, two mm-hmm. hurries, five hits, um, only one penalty for a, a false start. All in all, like I said, I thought they uh, O-line played solid uh, throughout the game. And ultimately, for me, the game came down to the coaching. That second half was a bit of a coaching masterclass from the, the Chiefs coaches there, led by um, Andy Reid and, and Eric Bielemi on on the offensive side there. Yeah, I agree. They they clearly saw something and dialed up a, a great second half. And it was, uh, got to give the coaching staff a lot of credit for that second half adjustment. Yeah, I think there was both the touchdown plays, the one to Moore, um and the uh the one to uh Tony they were essentially the same play weren't they where they had someone coming across in motion the Philly adjust the Philly defense adjusts to the motion but then they doubled back on themselves and then instead of coming all the way across the formation just went back out on it was the equivalent I guess of like a whip route but it was just coming in motion and then going back on yourself so um yeah some great calls there that led to two touchdowns clearly something that they'd picked up on from the the Eagles D there so from an O-line perspective amazing performances I thought from both sides of the ball and uh yeah like I say came down to the the coaches there absolutely um but what a game to finish off with let's kind of maybe talk a little bit sort of all-round game we've gone through I guess sort of both O-lines and, and some of the stats around that but from a fan perspective how did you feel about the game yeah I I, I thought it was a good game I enjoyed watching it uh actually had it on mute watching it and I think that helped a little bit with the uh, the penalty call uh, toward the end, the holding call that, you know, listening to it afterward. But I thought it was a great game. Uh, it was definitely pulling for Philly to see uh, see them get that win. But honestly, I'm a big Andy Reid fan, and I like what they're doing there in uh, Kansas City. And that is, uh, you know, not a team. I, I, I guess there were, weren't either team that I, I was hoping would lose. Um, so it was uh, – it's an enjoyable game, man. I, I love uh, love the Super Bowl, just like reflecting on the year and, and looking at the history of the Super Bowl in terms of how hard it is to get there and win it. And it's uh, just another piece of history to, to add to another season, man. Absolutely. And then just one thing actually I wanted to mention from the Kansas O-line perspective, it was that whilst the, the main starting five played um, on all of the all of the downs except for uh, there was uh, one there was one down where uh, I think Andrew Wiley came out um, and then we saw Nick Allegretti come in 
Um, but then also Lucas Nyang played uh, one snap as well, um, another one of the backup tackles for Kansas. So in total, they used seven linemen during the Super Bowl. But then just coming back, actually, just to the coaches before we then start to maybe look at wrapping up our season. Something that's come out in the news this week, actually, it's been sort of a week now since the Super Bowl, so we've had a bit of time to digest everything. But the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bielemi, is now actually going to the commanders to become the assistant head coach and their offensive coordinator. So what impact do we think that that's going to have on the offense? And will it change the way that they ask the O-line to block? Yeah, that's a that's a great uh uh, point. Um, definitely interesting. I, I figured he would be leaving to be a head coach. Um, so obviously going to have some change, but I think with a, with a head coach and it, it, I, don't, I don't know who's might be a free agent on that offensive line who they might, you know, trade or what, what, you know, what, what they're, what's on their, their radar, but I, I still think there'll be a decent offensive line. I agree. I think it's a, I think it's a young O line. Um, I don't actually think that they do have anyone from that O-line that's going to be um, a free agent. And while we're just sort of doing this now, I will just uh, double check. But in terms of a lot of their linemen, obviously um, two seasons ago now, as we've just gone past the Super Bowl, um, yeah, it was two seasons ago where they just decided to completely scrap the O-line uh, more or less after it got obliterated by that Tampa Bay defense in the Super Bowl. Um, so now we've got um, a lot of the younger players, like I believe Creed Humphrey, I think is only in his... Uh, second year so yeah um and the sort of the veterans on that line being uh, Orlando Brown Jr um, and even Trey Smith to be fair he's another one of the, the younger players that they brought in so just having a quick look at their uh, free agents ah so uh, yes Orlando Brown Jr is scheduled to become um, an unrestricted free agent this year oh as is Andrew Wiley so actually it turns out <laughs> I'm assuming they'll bring them back because of how big a role they played for them this year. But yeah, so that's actually two massive pieces of that front five that are scheduled to become free agents. Yeah, that's. I'm looking forward to diving into that and analyzing this offseason, uh, seeing who the free agents are and where they might end up. That's definitely uh, something I'm looking forward to. You know, being the first year we've really focused on the offensive line and kind of dove in. Um, that's going to be neat to see where some of these guys go to the uh, other teams next year. Or if they, you know, get resigned or, or however that uh, shakes up. Well, I will say that if the Bills could afford it, I would take any one of those um, Chiefs O linemen if they become available. Just hands down, without question, sign them up to the Bills. But maybe let's then just um, finish off just by having a a look back uh, across the season that we've just had. We mentioned that obviously it's our first season covering the offensive line here on the Front 5 Football Podcast, but have you got some memories or some moments or even some bits you think we can take forward into next year, Colton? Yeah, overall, you know, thought it was enjoyable. Um, first time I've ever paid attention to simply the offensive line and, um, you know, thought about them each week from a entire NFC standpoint and then having a conversation with you and, and getting filled in on the AFC I uh, I love it. I, I as we talked about, it's it's a segment of of a team sport that doesn't get the notoriety or the coverage um, or you know, being the conversation. You just hear offensive line. They got a good offensive line. They got a bad offensive line. You'll hear a name periodically, <clears throat> but clearly with everything going on, fantasy sports betting, you know, conversations with other positions. But um, it's it's fun. I enjoyed it. Really looking forward to, as I said, the off season and kind of figuring out, you know, our plan for next year of how we will kind of chop them up. Um, you know, if we do it the same way or we, we kind of lead the, the conversation a little differently, but, um, overall just, uh, 
it gave me a lot more insight to the offensive lines and kind of across the league. And I'm looking forward to kind of learning some of these players and, and uh, getting familiar with them. And, and that's, uh, that's been a, a, an enjoyment for myself. There's a reason why it's a cliche where they say that the game is won and lost in the trenches, but it's so true. You can have the world's greatest quarterback, but if you've got an O-line that just keeps letting defenders through to sack him, then it's there's almost no point having that quarterback. You know, you may as well just have someone that's like a. I was about to say a sixth round draft pick, but the greatest quarterback of all time went in the sixth round. So maybe I'll say like a third or fourth rounder uh, behind center if you're just going to let them get sacked all the time. But it, I found that brilliant, just fascinating to get to know a lot of the O lines across the AFC, increasing my knowledge and looking forward to diving into the upcoming NFL draft and looking at what rookies we're going to have going into next season, where they'll end up, you know, what their history is, colleges they played for, and just their individual stories as well, because I'm sure there would be some great stories out there. Yeah, likewise, totally agree. And I think that's probably a, a great place for us to leave this first season on the Front 5 Football Podcast. I mean, it's been great. It's been brilliant chatting with you every week, Colton. And, and like I say, breaking down the, the O-lines, looking forward to seeing how we're going to develop the podcast next year. And mate, it's been an absolute honor doing this with you. It has, Audrey. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of sad. I, I think I texted you during the week. It was kind of sad, you know, that last week after, uh, the NFL season's over, you're kind of like, man. What am I looking forward to now? Uh, so I uh, I enjoyed it, man, and looking forward to it, and, and obviously looking forward to the off season conversations. But um, that end of year one, man, twenty twenty two NFL seasons in the books, and first front five football podcast conversation in the books. Absolutely. Well, I'll quickly give you a little bit of insight into what I'm looking forward to before I let you round off the, the show this year. But I'm looking forward to a summer of the women's uh, football slash soccer World Cup because I'm hoping that England will win that. So that's what I'm looking forward to personally. And then we'll get straight back into the, the NFL along with the draft and everything else. But end of the first season, Colton, I will hand it over to you, sir, for the final words. Ooh, put me on the spot with some final words uh, for our, our, you know, a little bit of listeners, thank you for for joining and uh, and, and hearing what we we have to to chat about with the offensive line standpoint. Hope you've gotten something from it and and uh, following along and and as we transition this and kind of figure out our direction, um, hope you'll uh, continue joining us. But with that, signing out, Audrey and uh, go Bills. Bouncing ball fielded at the twenty-five. Oh, you got to be kidding! Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four-yard line. That's unbelievable.